Samaritans here at this great church, and I'm so glad to see you here this morning and to share a few words uh, for Pastor Jamie. This is actually his outline that he wanted to preach if he was here. And unless you're a pastor, you have no idea the deep pain in his heart right now <laughs> that he cannot uh, be here with you. So he sends his love and uh, his well wishes for the holiday season. He's led us through a wonderful time of celebrating Advent, the candles that we have lit. And we lit the, the candle of hope. We lit the candle of peace. We lit the candle of joy. And last week we lit the candle of love. These are things that sustain us, very real. And though they might be seen as emotions, and there is an emotional aspect to them, I want you to understand that each of these are as real and as tangible as if you could knock on the wood in front of him. Very, very real. And what I'd like to do is share with you just a moment, if I may, about how that came so clearly into my life and my wife's life this last year. Uh, about a year ago, I was finishing up my job here as your a transitional pastor. I met and fell in love with uh, Pastor Jamie and had been in love with Ebenezer for three decades. And it was not long after that I got a call from him and he had met with the leadership here of the church and said, Brother Fred, would you consider moving back to Tacoa permanently and be our pastor emeritus? Well, we prayed about that. We put a couple of fleeces before the Lord, and, and it was abundantly clear to us that this is exactly what the Lord wanted for us. And we were thrilled, absolutely. You have welcomed us back home in so many wonderful ways. And the relationship that has grown between your pastor and I have been so very, very, very precious. And I look forward to many more years of that. We had every reason in the world to be so happy. It was just ridiculous. We'd reached retirement, more or less, and if you know me, you know that's more or less. Uh, we can travel. We can do all matter of things. We had a new home that was being built here in Tacoa. And yet, what most of you don't know, a few of you do, was that over that wonderful time in our lives was a very, very dark shadow. This last year, though you have brought so much joy into our lives by being here with you, it has been a time that has been very severe, very dark, at times hopeless. You see, my wife has suffered from a genetic anomaly from the time she was born. Somewhere in the process of her genes lining up, uh, something misfired in one of those genes that would allow her uh, to be able to, to find peace to find comfort, to find joy, to find stability. We chased that through most of our married life, and it was not till oh, I don't know, maybe 25 years ago, though she wasn't diagnosed as far as the genetic part, they were able to get some medicine that helped her. And so we have gone for a good period of time uh, with her hope and peace and joy being very much restored. But something happened about the same time we began to move here. That medicine that had been working for so long just quit working. Now, I don't know if you're aware of that, but that happens sometimes, that something that you've depended on a long time will suddenly just stop working. And hers did, right about mid-January of last year. 
And so we experienced quite a crash. We had to go through months of that medicine getting out of her system to then try something new. And every time we would go to the doctor, he would say, now this, this, this is going to work. I feel real good. And we'd leave there with a great deal of hope. Only in the weeks and months to find, discover that wasn't working at all. And then we would go back and try something else. And we'd get a little bit better, but not much. And we spent this year going through a soul painful, sometimes physically painful, time. A few of you have known about that and have come along to help us and to pray for us, and we thank you so very much. We were always here. We were always singing. We were always participating in worship and doing everything we could to be a part of the ministry of this great church. But there was an emptiness inside, a yawning cavity that was exceedingly painful. Have you heard the phrase, the sacrifice of praise? Many times we'd be sitting right over here where I was earlier during our worship time and we'd be singing, but some of you would see the tears flowing through our eyes because sometimes you're called upon to praise God even when it hurts. And that's how we spent most of our worship time with you this past year. But we continued to work with doctors, and they were so good. We have such a wonderful Christian anointed doctor, and he's been so good to us. And several months ago, he said, this is what's going to work. We know from the other things we've done and other tests, this is going to work. It's going to take time to get into your system, but this is going to work. Well, it was months before it began to take effect. And just... A couple of weeks ago, at the beginning of December, finally, after a year, I got my sweetheart back. Thank you. So now, the praise comes from a full heart, an abundance of joy, but I want to talk to you for a moment about these candles because sometimes we find ourselves in such dark places that it's hopeless. Sometimes we find ourselves in the absolute absence of joy. Sometimes in our lives is so much turmoil that there is no peace. And may I be frank with you? Love sustains, but it doesn't make the hurt go away. And I told Pastor Jamie a few weeks ago, and he quoted me, which is always scary. You've got to be careful saying something around Jamie. He may quote you. I said, Jamie, until, until you're utterly hopeless, you don't know how tangible hope is until you literally don't have it. That joy is not an emotion. It's a thing that you can experience. And that peace is not just the absence of conflict. It's sanity in the midst of the insanity we have to go through sometimes. This morning, I know some of you 
are walking in that same valley of hopelessness, joylessness, and peace is a myth, (laughs) and love itself is even strained. So will you hear me today as I say, you are ripe for the gift of Christ. Can I tell you, God is known by many names. And there are three names of God that have sustained us through these dark nights of our souls, through the midnights when in tears we would look into the darkness and just cry out. God is Jehovah Rapha. And that means the God who heals. Now, he doesn't heal like that. He doesn't heal always miraculously. Sometimes he uses medicine and therapy, and sometimes that healing doesn't happen until he takes us home. But he is the God who heals. And so we could cry out to a God who would understand our pain and who is a God who would heal us. Another name is Jehovah-Jireh. Jehovah-Jireh means the God who provides. And God provided in this period of time. He provided some of you. He provided through physicians. He provided in so many other ways. But the name that meant the most to us is a name that we celebrate this Christmas season. Because in those dark nights of our soul, God was Emmanuel, God with us. And though sometimes it didn't feel like we could touch him, and sometimes it felt like he was a gazillion miles away, he was a God that was right there with us. He walked through the darkness, he walked through the pain, and brought us into his light. So what Pastor Jamie would want you to know today is this. First of all, he wants you to receive the hope that Christ provides. Paul writes in Revelation, Now may the God of hope fill you with all joy and peace in believing so that you may abound in hope and the power of Holy Spirit. That hope is available to you today. And no darkness is so deep that the flicker of the Christ light will not gleam through. Pastor Jamie would also want you to recognize the peace that perfects us. The peace that perfects us. Paul writes in Ephesians, for he himself is our peace who is made of both ropes one and and broke down the barrier of the dividing wall and abolished in his flesh the enmity, that he's made of the two one new flesh, establishing peace into your turmoil. Christ wants to bring peace. Third, he would want you to rejoice in the joy that Christ produces. When Peter wrote in First Peter chapter 1, he said, I want you to greatly rejoice with joy that is inexpressible. 
You don't have to wait until you're well to experience and express joy. You can express joy in the hope that it's coming and it becomes tangible, something you can touch and feel. Finally, he would like you to receive the love that Christ proves. You see, Christ proved his love for us. First in his coming as a child, but then as he grew into a sinless man. When he died on the cross, it was to take my sins and yours upon himself. And when he rose again, that was to where we could have his eternal life. And that's why baptism is so important to us, because it symbolizes this. When you're laid back in those baptismal waters, it's a picture that you believe not only that Jesus died to take your sins away, but that you die to that old way of life. And when you're brought back up, it's a symbol, yes, that you believe that Christ was raised from the dead, but it's also a picture that you were raised to walk in newness of life. You see, it all comes together in the Christmas story. And if you've never received Jesus Christ as your personal Lord and Savior, even though you're going through a hellacious, dark, and painful time, will you allow someone who's just come out of that to offer to you the gift of Emmanuel, God with you? How do you receive that gift? The scripture is also very clear. It says if we would just confess our sins, admit the truth of being separated from God, and dare to believe that when he died, it was to take our sins upon himself, and dare to believe that when he rose, it was to give us brand new life, then immediately Christ comes into your heart. And that is our pastor's prayer for each and every person here today. We celebrate his first coming at Christmas time, and then we long for his second coming when he comes again. And one of the ways that we symbolize our belief in his first and second coming is through communion. So I want you to take that little cup you were given And we're going to do something with it in a minute. But first of all, you've got to concentrate on something. Right there on the top is a tiny little piece of almost invisible cellophane. Take a minute while you're not looking at me and find that little sucker. (laughs) And bend it back just a little bit where you can get a hold of it in a moment. And then I want you to hear a passage of Scripture that was precious to Jesus. The Jews always thought this scripture was about the nation of Israel. But with the coming of Christ, it was abundantly clear this scripture was about the Savior, the Messiah. It's from Isaiah 53. As you listen, picture what he's talking about with Christ on the cross. We listen and picture Christ. He was despised and rejected by men a man of sorrows and acquainted with grief. And we hid, as it were, our faces from him. He was despised, and we did not esteem him. Surely he has borne our griefs. He has carried our 
sorrows. Yet we esteemed him stricken, smitten by God, and afflicted. But he was wounded for our transgressions. He was bruised for our iniquities. And the chastisement for our peace was upon him. And by his stripes we are healed. All we like sheep have gone astray. We have turned every one to his own way. And the Lord has laid upon him the iniquity of us all. He was oppressed and he was afflicted, yet he opened not his mouth. He was led as a lamb to the slaughter. And as a sheep is silent before its shearers, so he opened not his mouth. He was taken from prison and from judgment. And who will declare his generation? He was cut off from the land of the living. For the transgressions of my people, he was stricken. And they made his grave with the wicked, but with the rich at his death, because he had done no violence, nor was any deceit found in his mouth. Yet it pleased the Lord to bruise him, to put him to grief. When you make his soul an offering for sin, he will see his seed, and he shall prolong his days, and the pleasure of the Lord shall prosper in his hands. He shall see the labor of his soul and, and be satisfied. That's you and I who are believers in Christ. And by his knowledge, my righteous servant will justify many, for he shall bear their iniquities, and therefore will I divide him a portion with the great. And he will divide the spoil with the strong, because he poured out his soul even unto death, he was numbered with the transgressors. He bore the sins of many and made intercession for all transgressors. That was our Lord Jesus Christ. And we must always understand that he was born to die. Pastor Jamie would ask you to remember the Christ that God promised. Remember the Christ that God promised. Now will you take your little cup and peel that little cellophane part off, and it'll expose a little wafer. You take that out for a moment and hold it in your hand. This symbolizes the body of Jesus Christ, who himself was the bread of life. Bread is the staple of life. And yet in order to get in this form, that wheat had to be crushed. Jesus was crushed. The weight of our sins crushed him to where he could relieve us. Paul writes, For I received from the Lord that which also I delivered unto you, that the Lord Jesus, on the night that he was betrayed, he took the bread, and when he had given thanks, he broke it and he said, Take, eat, this is my body which is broken for you. Do this in remembrance of me. Will you pray with me? Father God, as we look at this little wafer in our hands, we remember not only the child in the manger, but our crucified and resurrected Lord of glory. When we take this, Lord, it's, it's not eating your flesh, but it's remembering and taking into our very lives the body and life of our Lord Jesus Christ, in whose name we pray. 
Amen. Now if you'll wiggle that little tab and pull back, you'll be able to open up the other part and expose the juice. So hold that there for a moment and listen to the word of God. In the same manner, he also took the cup after supper, saying, This cup is the new covenant in my blood. This do as you often as you drink this in remembrance of me. For as often as you eat this bread and drink this cup, you proclaim the Lord's death until he comes. The word proclaim there means preach. You're all invited to preach right now. Because when we take this, we're preaching to a lost world and to ourselves that Christ Jesus has come and died and rose again for us. Father God, as we hold this little cup in our hand, we thank you from the depths of our soul for the blood of Jesus Christ, which cleanses us from all sins. We remember you, Lord Jesus. And we promise to proclaim your death and resurrection until you come again. We pray through Christ our Lord. Amen. At the end of the Passover, those who participated would always sing a song before they left. So we're going to do that today too. Pastor Kevin is going to come here in just a moment, but I'd like to close with this prayer and then turn it over to him. Thank you, Timothy. I was heading in that direction. (laughs) We have a very stubborn Christ candle today. I'm sorry. Father God, thank you for the light of the world that has led us to you and has redeemed our souls, in whose name we pray. Amen.